welcome to another episode of Bucolic Diaries with me, your host, Rebecca Palmer. I'm a mum of two and the founder of Colic SOS. Going through the misery of colic myself, I went from being a city lawyer to a colic expert. Throughout this mini-series, mums will share their stories with us, giving advice, tips and above all else, hope that this too shall pass. I am joined by Rebecca, who is going to tell me all about her baby Milo. So, welcome, Becky. Hi, you're right. I'm good, thank you. Now, would you like to tell us all about Milo? I will. I will. So, Milo is um, 11 months old. He's got three more weeks till he's one. Um, he is absolutely fantastic now. Um, I've just gone back to work full time, so he goes to nursery two days a week, and he's with um, my husband's mum for a day and my mum for two. Um, he's happy, he's healthy, he sleeps sometimes through the night. Um, <laughs> he eats well, he drinks well. He's just generally really happy. Um, but the first sort of six or seven months of his little life weren't so happy um, because of colic and other things as well. Um, yes, yeah, so they were probably the hardest of my life and the hardest of his little life as well. Oh, what was his symptoms and when did it start? Um, so he got what we believed to be colic more or less straight away. Um, we never really had the time of the newborn lovely stage he just started off as soon as we got him home he was he was crying screaming constantly couldn't be put down couldn't you couldn't hold him and sit down you had to stand up um he'd scream red in the face he'd be sweating clenching his fist pulling his legs up um he stopped feeding he started losing weight um he lost um like the, the they lose the weight at the beginning um, like all babies do but then he lost weight further so he went down three percentiles um, from what he was supposed to be at um, which is generally sad he, his, long, his longest cry that he did for us was he started at 2.30 in the afternoon and he didn't finish screaming till half past nine at night so he, he was a sad little boy for a while oh that is such a long time for a baby to be unsettled yeah and it, it, it we sort of, we waited for the this magical three months where a lot of babies do um, sort of grow out of their colic um, and three months came and went and four months came and went and it just felt like it wasn't ever going to end. But it uh, did. <laughs> yeah. It does eventually pass, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's so hard and you do kind of put your hopes on, don't you, for that 12, magic 12 weeks. Yeah. And it, but it goes and it, goes by and you're still left with a screaming baby you're like oh my god oh what shall I do yeah 100% yeah it was really interesting what you just said about holding him and having to stand up with him and not being able to sit down that is that is really common with a baby Um, and actually it's an innate thing what happens is if you are standing and rocking their nervous system calms down. Yeah. 
and their vagus system kind of kicks in which comes which is really um kind of it's responsible for kind of the, the central nervous system and the heart rate and everything like that and then as soon as you sit down that heart rate increases so that just kind of gives them a little kick it wakes them up just because their heart rate suddenly increases which it would do wouldn't it yeah, and we felt like it's like you've got this magic button on your bum. So as soon as you're down again, it's like, no, no, up you get again, yep. mom. <laughs> yep, yeah. Well, it's a it's an evolutional thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is. It's not like babies playing you because they just can't at that age. But it is a it's an evolutional thing. So if you sit down, their heart rate increases, and that just wakes them up. Absolutely. And then you also get on top of that, the people who are, I'm sure, meaning well, but telling you that you need to put your baby down and they'll, they'll you know, not get the, you're getting too used to holding them and they're getting oh. used to being rocked and this and that. And you start feeling, well, maybe I am. But then as soon as you do put them down, when they've got something like colic, they will scream until you get them up again. Oh, that old rod for your own back, isn't yeah. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Did you come across that a lot? Um, not too much because I think I surround myself with people who are, are more helpful. And if, if they're not being helpful, then, you know, um, you don't want to be around them really. But there is people that try to be nice, but <laughs> it's not helpful sometimes. Um, that well-meaning grandma or great auntie who uh, has, an, has an opinion that is perhaps a little outdated. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is it. And I think from the experience of having a baby who is um, what people would I'd say, like air quotes, difficult, um, you understand. And until you've had a baby that is that difficult, then you you, you don't understand. <laughs> you know, the, the sort of statement of babies cry is very true, but you don't get it until you've had the baby that will not stop crying until mm. they get better, basically absolutely and did you have much knowledge then of colic before Milo arrived no not really no I I, I knew it, it existed but I didn't understand too much what it was uh, one of my best friend's babies had colic so I had the understanding of of it of it being there but again you don't realize until you've got a baby with it yourself how hard it is um, and how much you there isn't there isn't, there wasn't, I guess, much support out there. Um, we ended up taking him to the GP and everything like that, and we were told he has colic. And when, you know, when I asked further, so what does that mean? You know, you basically get the answer of he has colic, <laughs> and we don't know what colic really is. Even this is exactly this is it. I think this is where kind of parents are really struggling is that there's just not enough information out there to tell you exactly what this colic is and what causes it it is just a kind of a, a name banded about like a condition that you should know about but really I mean all it means is that your baby cries excessively yeah absolutely I mean one GP lovely lovely man but he just all he did was tell us a story about his baby who had colic um so you yeah, know we left the doctor's exactly the same <laughs> as when we went in yeah. yeah it's something that you kind of expected just to get on and deal with rather than get actual help for your baby who is really really distressed and in turn makes your the parents distressed 
yeah absolutely I had I had quite a tough time with it I feel like you know it was it was bordering on postnatal depression because I couldn't fix it in the slightest and I couldn't enjoy him because he was just so sad all of the time um yeah you try you really really try and but you know there's only so much you can do when your baby isn't happy yeah I mean were you ever frightened that it had impact on your on your bond with Milo absolutely yeah um I always felt I was very lucky actually because I always felt like I really loved him and I always wanted him but it was hard it wasn't as natural as some people have it where they say it's just wonderful from this beginning and because it didn't feel wonderful from the beginning you start questioning questioning it more and more um mm. so the less and then the more you think about other people who says it's who say it's wonderful from the beginning you're thinking well it's not wonderful for the from the beginning for me so what what's wrong sort of thing yeah yeah absolutely I, I totally get that and did you kind of start to then look internally thinking that perhaps it was something that you were doing wrong? You do. You can't help it. You just, you think, yes, especially as a first-time mum. I mean, if, if I was ever to have another baby, I know now that you can get through it and it's not you and all the things. I would be different again. But when it's your first baby, you don't know what you're doing in the first place. So whether even if your baby is wonderful, you don't know what you're doing. Um, so you're bound to, yeah. If only they could come with a manual, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> so looking back on those first six months with Milo, and he was really crying, what would you say was the hardest bit? Um, I think the the fact that there wasn't a way to settle him, so there wasn't a way to fix it. Um, so you are so incredibly, incredibly tired. Um, and worn out and they just will not stop crying um, and you do you do see other parents you can't help it you know you're not supposed to compare yourself to others but you do um, and you see other mums who had babies around the same time as you and you think but their babies aren't crying I remember taking him to the baby clinic to get him weighed um, and there was about four or five mums in there and Milo was just screaming and screaming and just wouldn't stop he screamed on the walk all the way there about 15 minute walk he screamed all the way through it you've got lovely lovely mums in there but going oh he's he's not very happy is he <laughs> and you just think nope <laughs> nope he's not <laughs> or you'll have passers by that say something like oh somebody's hungry <laughs> and you think no no he's not hungry not that either um so yeah it was just the fact that it's so constant I think um, yeah yeah, yeah it, it isn't a let up it's not like I often used to say it's not like when you've got a really difficult job and then you go home and you you relax at the end of the day um and you've got the weekend where you're not at your really difficult job you're just at your really difficult job 24 7 <laughs> yes I think that just perfectly sums up what it feels like yeah it's just it, there isn't there isn't a break and you know, there isn't a break in at all really for a while because even when you you don't really want to leave them because I know I felt that I didn't really want to leave him with my mum or with my husband's mum really because then I'm just leaving a crying baby on them um 
so you just worry even if you're not there <laughs> yeah did you get a chance to have much of a break um we did we did because our parents are so fan- like so fantastic that they did take him here and there despite knowing that it was going to be difficult so we were very lucky that um once every three weeks or so we'd have um a few hours or something like that or maybe a night where they'd they'd let us sleep (laughs) oh that's good it's it's so Mm. important to have that support system around you so you can get a break because like you said it is a constant thing and there is no let up with it so taking that time to make sure that even if it's just an hour just to have that break because absolutely yeah and then, yeah, and then you can go back then, can't you? And just feel like you're almost revived a little and you're ready to go again, sort of thing. Yeah, Even, yeah and absolutely, just and not feel guilty for it. Because I remember going to the uh, cinema and so, and I mean, you know, we've gone for two, three hours and then just feeling so excited to go and see him again. And it was, oh. I remember, I remember feeling like it was such a lovely feeling that I was feeling excited to go see him, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. But I think it's it is that guilt feeling as well when you do leave them. I mean, my children are nine and five, and last night I went out for dinner with my husband as a belated birthday. So my birthday was like five months ago, <laughs> and we went out for dinner, and it was just you know obviously we have our ten pm curfew here in the UK, and it's a case yeah. of where we knew we weren't going to be out late, so we went six to eight, and we had a lovely meal. But I did feel this feeling of guilt myself of just leaving them and thinking, I shouldn't feel like that. And you, know, you, can, you, can, you can't help it, can you? That's that's. Yeah. I think that now is built in because that's going to be there forever. I know my mum said that to me. She's like, um, my brothers are uh, 33 and 35, and she says she, she still has feelings of guilt for different things. <laughs> Just to ever be feeling guilty. I think when you give birth, <laughs> yeah, give birth, you, you feel instantly guilty and it lasts a lifetime. <laughs> but you have to, but then you get used to sort of making yourself do things and it does become much more enjoyable um, when you know that everything's all right at home. Yeah, definitely. So now we know kind of... Um, well, you know that I am, and everybody else who will listen to this podcast knows that I say there's always a trigger behind the colic. It's never just colic. There's always a reason behind it. Did you get to find out what Milo's reason was? We did. We, we did. It took a long time, but we did. We found out that he was allergic to dairy. Um, oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so we, which was a, a tricky one in itself as well, because... Uh, there was there isn't really specifically a test. Um, it was it was trial and error, which uh, Milo bottle fed, so it was quite an easy one for us. Um, but I can imagine is very difficult if you are breastfeeding because that would mean cutting out um, everything dairy yourself. Um, yeah. So we had a an absolutely lovely health visitor um, who saw. Milo a few times so got to know him and got to know us um my mum actually came to one of the health visitor uh, meetings as well because she she knew how you know how bad everything was um and sometimes when you're in that state of mind you you almost can't remember all the things you need to say 
um, in those meetings. Um, so my mum came and, and sort of backed me up a little bit and the health visitor was just gorgeous. And she rang the GP and told them off, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and uh, because the GP, um, the response from the GP was babies lose weight, um, babies cry. Um, and she rang them and said, that's, that isn't the case in the slightest. Uh, this baby needs to get referred to hospital. Um, and she got us an appointment at hospital that day. Um, and yeah, he got put on Neocate, the formula. Yeah. Um, it took a, a couple of weeks and he just turned into a different baby. It was like magic. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. It's so good that you actually found the health professional who was in your corner. Absolutely. She, she, she fully fought for us and she got, she got things sorted within days um after months of of trying basically that's that's brilliant i'm so pleased that you managed to kind of find out why because these like you say you know babies don't cry for no reason there's always a reason and it's a case of you know whether it's a, a milk allergy or a tongue tie or various other what feel like a million reasons for why colic exists there is always a reason so I'm so yeah. pleased that you got that help and found out exactly why and it worked. I think you've got uh, an instinct, a mother's instinct. And I think there is an aspect of the fact that you have to understand that you are a new mum and you probably sometimes are over worrying. But I think deep down, you, you know when there's something wrong with your baby. Um, and I think you've got to stick with that um definitely and if it, you know if it carries on and carries on and nothing's changing then you're right that something needs to be done and you almost have to stick to your guns in these situations that yes I totally agree with that so for those mums who are listening now who are struggling maybe feel like let down by their GP or pediatrician what advice would you have for them we simply just stuck to it because things weren't changing with Milo. So we kept going. I kept taking him to the baby clinic, which I know is a little bit more difficult at the moment. Um, but he, I made sure he got weighed every two or three weeks so they could see on the chart that things weren't changing and things were going down. Um, and I just made sure I kept making appointments and I kept phoning. Um, you know, always, always pleasant to the doctors. I, I was never rude, but I did make sure I stuck to my guns and I kept going with it until I got some sort of response. Brilliant. Excellent advice. Keep going, stick to your guns. Absolutely. And things will get better with time. If I knew, I was, funnily enough, I was only talking to my mum today about it. If I'd have known back then that things were going to be as good as they are now maybe I wouldn't have been as worried but you know then I think but then I wouldn't have got things sorted for him and I wouldn't have got his his special formula sorted and everything um but time does make you much better and make baby much better as well that's brilliant Becky thank you so much I've loved chatting to you me too you too <laughs> I'm so pleased that Milo is happy 
and happy first birthday. Thank you very much. A big thank you to Becky for sharing hers and my little story with us. Now colic affects one in five babies and mums with colicky babies are more likely to struggle with maternal mental health issues such as anxiety and postnatal depression. When faced with that feeling of helplessness and powerless and then coupled with that constant crying there's really little wonder why this is happening yet colic is barely spoken about. So I really hope that these podcast episodes are shining a light on the struggles that parents are facing, providing hope to those who are in the thick of it. If you would like to share your story with us, then please do get in contact by emailing becky at colicsos.com. Join me next time when another mum is going to be sharing her story of colic with us. Now, thanks for listening to The Colic Diaries. I really hope you found this helpful and let me know in your comments and don't forget to share. For more information on Colic and my services, check out the website colicsos.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram at colicsos.